0: We're so glad that you're here this morning. It's wonderful to hear your singing. There's so much to praise God for. The Lord reigns. And uh, in his sovereign reign, he pours out salvation. And he changes people's lives by his grace. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 6, he poses a question when he writes. And he says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? It's a rhetorical question that he asks. The answer of course is an obvious one the answer is yes those of us who've been baptized into christ jesus have been baptized into his death so here immediately the apostle paul tells us that baptism is a sign of death of death when a person is baptized they are signifying to us that they have died with the lord jesus that is they have they have gone into the grave with christ Their sin has been taken away by Christ. Their sin is buried. Their old life is gone. And then Paul says, he goes on to say that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So when individuals come up out of the water, it signifies this incredible truth that not only has the old life gone, but a new life has arrived. A new life with Jesus Christ because we are new creations in Christ. There are four individuals who are going to share with us today at this service and another five at the 11 o'clock service of how the Lord has saved them, touched them by his grace, and how they have received new life in him. So please open your hearts to them as they share with us now.
1: Good morning, my name is Betty. I was born in Hamilton and lived here all my life. I was raised in the Catholic faith and attended a Catholic high school. My father passed away when I was 14 years old, but I had a wonderful mother who sacrificially committed herself to, me, to my sister and I. I'm sorry, my mother was uh, passed away this year. <laughs> The importance of getting a good education was stressed growing up so that we could get a good job and career. There was an expectation that I would marry and raise my own family. Um, I did pursue a nursing career which I continued till uh, three years ago when I retired. I also married a wonderful, supportive man and I was blessed with two wonderful children who are obviously adults now. I had all that I needed. I was not in want of anything, and life was really quite good. I wasn't looking for anything. But through the events of life, those that were celebrated and and also those challenges, I often thought what was the purpose of pursuing everything I was taught. Although these things were good, I often thought there had to be a greater purpose of why God created us. And God did put some wonderful believers in my path who witnessed to me at work and um, about our helplessness condition before a holy god and why we need salvation i began reading the scriptures and one afternoon i was sitting on my patio reading scripture i don't remember which book i was in um, but i was convicted of my own depravity um, and i knew i needed a savior Um, i recalled an image that was brought to my mind of the cross and it was just brilliant Then and there, God revealed himself to me, and I knew I needed Christ Jesus. I asked for forgiveness, and I knew that that I was saved. Excuse me. I was rescued. I was filled with an overwhelming peace and joy and excitement. My thinking process, my speech, my conduct began to change as i began to share my faith at work and with family and not without its challenges but through the sharing and reading the word i continued to mature and grow in my faith however i did not pursue the the command of baptism i don't have a valid reason for waiting so long but with the encouragement of my son and my beautiful new daughter-in-law i'm here today to fulfill this command Jesus went to a horrific death on the cross publicly for me. And today I am here publicly proclaiming my faith in my savior, Jesus, and to continue to pursue growth in my faith. I have many favorite verses, but I wanna share this one with you from John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Thank you for your attention.
2: Good morning, West Highland. Uh, My name is Hermana Viles, and this is my testimony of faith. I come from a long and straight country in South America called Chile. Uh, God has blessed me with a beautiful wife named Marianela, and three wonderful daughters, Antonella, Luciana, and Agustina, of 13, uh, 11, and 8 years old. I grew up in an unconventional Christian family son of a single mother, second of three siblings, in an environment marked by scarcity, greater than abundance. Uh, throughout my life, the Bible, the church, and Christianity were part of my daily life. Uh, I regularly attended a church where my grandfather was the pastor, who I remember since my childhood, he used to sit next to him to teach me with love about the gospel of that man called Jesus. But despite of all that environment or context, I didn't really know Jesus, much less have a relationship with him. When I was 11-year-old, I remember attending a regular Sunday service where, thanks to the intervention of the Holy Spirit, after listening to a very simple sermon, my lost heart was broken. And my eyes were open to the truth of the gospel. At that moment, everything I have studied as a child or teenager about the Bible made sense. Everything was clear. I could see the light. I was aware of my wickedness, of my condition as a sinner, of my need to be forgiven by the only creator, God, holy just and full of love for me, who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay my debt of my weakness. And not only that, but by his death to obtain, through faith in him, eternal salvation. From that moment on my life began a process of growth, of corrections, of increase of faith and knowledge of the scriptures. I cannot deny that I have failed many more times than I would like. But God has always been there to help me to start again as the good father that He is. Now I can say, like Job, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. When I was 12 years old, and after a process of guidance to understand what baptism means for the believer, I made the decision to make my faith public of the ordinance given by my Lord. I was baptized by pouring in front of the congregation. A year and a half ago, we started to watch West Highland online service and then attended in person. In the spring of this year, we attend the first step class to become members and gain a better understanding of the correct way in which baptism should be performed, the way that the primitive church practices it. So, I hear, I am today at 38 years old, after much prayer and being encouraged by Pastor John to be rebaptized. Today, I declare, in presence of you and the whole world, that Jesus is my Savior. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. I also declare that Jesus is my Lord, my King, the owner of my life, my time, and my resources. I am his slave by love. I belong to him and to nobody else. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.
3: Good morning. My name is Janita. Uh, I was born in India and brought up in a Christian family. When I was young, I used to go to church regularly. We did family prayers regularly and read the Bible regularly but I did not know Jesus personally and what he did for me in particular. The only thing I knew was that Jesus is our God and I I had to pray to him for a prosperous life on earth. As I got older, I got married and had kids and had to become more responsible. I did not know how to handle my family and bring up my kids. I was always emotionally down. I thought I'm worthless to handle anything. One night Jesus came in my dream and said I am perfect and he sees nothing is lacking in me in his eyes in spite of me being a sinner. I woke up so confident and happy. It gave me so much strength and love. From the next day I had an urge to know Jesus more and know what he did for me. So I started reading the Bible with more interest and I came to know that Jesus is our savior. If we believe He is the Son of God, and He died for our sins, we will have eternal life. Jesus opened my eyes to know the truth, and now I'm saved. There there were so many times when I went out of track, but Jesus was there for me and put me back on track. God is faithful even when we are not. And now, Holy Spirit comforts me, teaches me, and gives me strength through His word whenever I feel helpless. Now my fear for God has changed to love for God. So I decided to obey Jesus and get baptized. Thank you.
4: Hello, I am Boaz. I was born in India, and I've spent the past 13 years in North America. God has blessed us with two kids, Axel and Hadriel. I was born into a Christian family, and was raised by spiritual parents and grandparents. I grew up in faith as a kid, by regularly attending church and Sunday school. In my early teens, I received Jesus as my Savior, and by His grace and help, I've been trying to lead a life that pleases Him. Every time I fall, He's been faithful to lift me up. According to Matthew 28:19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So in obedience to his command, I'm getting baptized today. Thank you.
0: That's right. Okay. Well, thank you, Betty, for sharing with us today. And uh, we wanna praise God for the, the significant role that your son Mark, who's seat, seated over there, played in your life. Uh, I know he has encouraged you uh, to follow the Lord with all your heart. But we praise God today that you know the Lord Jesus and that you're being obedient to him. And so it is our joy now to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And is pure muscle <laughs> and he loves the Lord with all of his heart. Herman since you and your wife have come to the church you've added a very special um, bit of spice to us I think. Uh, we have been seeing people come from all over the world to our church and um, the moment I met you I fell in love with you because I sensed in my heart that you love the Lord with all of your heart. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us today. It's a joy now to obey the Lord's command and baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Boaz and Juanita, we, we have both, uh, we both, both Chris and I have been in your home at different times. And... Uh, most recently andrea and i were able to visit you and when we you you fed us a wonderful meal we thank you so very very much but um your hospitality to us is greatly appreciated but the joy that i had that evening was to hear your your stories and how you have been touched by god's grace so if you take each other by the hand at this point in time because you know the lord jesus and love him with all of your hearts we now baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit Apostle Paul asks a question in Romans chapter 6. He says, do you not know that those of you who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? It's a rhetorical question, so the answer is clear. The answer is yes. If you have been baptized into Christ Jesus, you have been baptized into his death. Which means this, that everyone who truly believes in the Lord and seals that commitment in an act of baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, proclaims to others that they share in the very death of Christ. Christ died for our sins. And so when a person is baptized, they go under the water to signify the truth that Christ died and that Christ was buried. But that we died along with him, meaning this all who were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death meaning our old life is dead and gone christ has taken away our sins and then he goes on in the next verse and he says that just as christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father we too may live a new life which means that when a person comes back up out of the water It is a a signifying of the truth that they have risen to new life in Jesus Christ. In other words, they have become new creations in Christ Jesus. Today, at the early service, we baptized four people, four adults. At this service, we baptize one adult and four young people for a total of nine people today. We had a wonderful service at nine. I hope that you will go back and watch the baptisms, which will be posted online later. But you have an opportunity now to hear the testimonies of these individuals and to witness their baptisms. And as they share with us now, would you please open your hearts to them? Thank you.
5: Good morning. My name is Olivia McFarland, and I'm 15 years old. I was born and raised in a Christian home and continue to grow up in a Christian community. Fortunately, I've been attending West Highland for all 15 of those years. As a kid, I learned early on about Jesus, who he was, and what he did for us. At five years old, I decided to ask him into my heart and start my relationship with him. Then on, I attended Star Kids every morning and now attending Sunday services, youth every Wednesday night, and participating in other activities around the church. I've tried my best to live a good Christian lifestyle by surrounding myself with good people and growing my relationship with God. But like everyone, I've had my struggles. I sometimes get overwhelmed by my worries and have a hard time giving them to God and trusting in him. A Bible verse I like is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. I like this verse because it tells me that even if I'm worried about something, I know God's in control and I can trust him. I want to be baptized today for two reasons. In the Bible, it tells us to get baptized, so I'm doing it out of obedience. And because I'm standing here today to share with all of you, I'm a follower of Christ and a child of God. Thank you.
6: Good morning, everyone. My name is Julie Jiang, and I was born and raised in an atheist family in China, although I had not all it. A um, Bible in my childhood, God placed a true desire in my heart to know him and learn more about him through the building of a church near my home with a peaceful bell sound and a nice Christian neighbor who showed me Bible and talked about God's words to me. I was baptized actually in a Catholic church years ago when I found my son with autism might be admitted to a Catholic school but he ended up ending a public school and has been doing very well there. It was not until five years ago that I wanted a personal relationship with Jesus and started to attend West Highland Church regularly with my family. Through the influence of my husband and my friends, I started to learn the Bible, pray and discuss in Bible study groups. That was the start of my accepting Jesus as my savior. I have changed spiritually since I have been a Christian. I believe Jesus claimed our sins by dying on the cross. I want to live for him, be an example of him, and I want to obey his command on baptism. That is why I am here today to proclaim to everyone that I have a saving relationship with Jesus. John chapter 5, verse 24 says, Very truly I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. I pray to be a spirit-fulfilled Christian, hearing God's words and sharing the gospel message to others. I accept Jesus as my Savior and am not afraid of death. I pray that God's love shines through every believer's heart and gives blessings to all his followers. Thank you.
7: Hello everyone, my name is Caleb Fair. I live in Linda, Ontario with an amazing, in an amazing Christian home with God-fearing parents, brother, and sister. I'm, I was truly blessed with my amazing family, and thanks to it I managed to hear about Jesus at a very young age. Because of this, I have known of Jesus and have a good under, understanding about who Jesus is and what he has done for me. But it wasn't until grade seven eight I realized I needed a personal relationship with Jesus. This was because of the influences from my family, friends, and the Holy Spirit working in my heart and life. I developed a desire to serve him and him only, and wanted to read the Bible more, pray, and focus and process the preachings I have heard about the Lord. This is when I truly accepted Jesus as my Savior. From that day, I've learned so much about Jesus and yet realized the trials and temptations a Christian will have to face to live in a relationship with the Lord. For my entire life, I've gone to private Christian schools and hung out with friends from Christian families to serve the Lord. But my grade 9 changed to a public high school and it was more difficult than I anticipated. I prayed to the Lord to help me face these trials and allow me to serve Him there always. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. This verse helped by giving me the strength to face these trials and temptations. Which leads me here. Recently, I've been nudged by the Lord to be baptized and to show everyone my love for Christ, to show everyone that I live in a safe and, I have a saving relationship with him and am determined to serve him in everything I do, say, and think for the rest of my days. For it says in 1 Corinthians 10:31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Thank you.
8: hello sorry (laughs) hello my name is eden ecker yes one of the nine ecker kids um i am 15 years old and i've been going to west highland for about 12 years i grew up in a family where the gospel was taught and i was brought brought to church every sunday of my life my parents never pushed me to be saved but trusted and prayed that the holy spirit work in my heart my faith was something they wanted me to claim as my own rather than be theirs growing up i always claimed to be a christian to others but I didn't really show Christ in my life and regret claiming that title to others at the time. Before I was a Christian, I was a very toxic person and would constantly put my friends down, did things behind my parents' back, struggled with lust and sins along the same lines as that, and struggled with having a passion for anything related to God. It wasn't uh, until quarantine 2020 that Christ showed himself to me and changed my heart. i had really been battling with the question, if I were to die right now, would I go to heaven? One night, I had this dream where Jesus was coming back. Now, I don't mean it was showing me everything falling apart. Rather, I knew he was coming back soon. In the dream, I was talking to my mom about how I feared dying because I was going to miss her. In the dream, she told me that I didn't need to worry because we would be together in heaven if I repented and knew Jesus. When I awoke from the dream, I was crying and had a strong conviction to finally turn my life over to Christ. I went into my mom's room that day and made sure I was alone and no one around and prayed. I prayed that the Lord would save me from the life I had been living, that I needed him, that I believed I could only live by the death of Jesus Christ, and lastly thanked him for changing my heart. Since then, I'm still very thankful Christ was revealed to me, but it's been a struggle to live a life for him due to the constant attacks of Satan. I often still struggle with pride issues, gossip, question my faith, lust, and most of all, being discontent with God's will for my life. I believe, though, that he is able to change me and has a greater plan I cannot see and have to trust him. I remember distinctly before I was a Christian, one of my closest friends, who is not a Christian in any way, shape, or form, said to me that if she just met me, she would not have thought I was a Christian. I still reflect on this because even a non-believer recognized how lost and depraved I was. One verse that stuck out to me, and I learned what I was saved, was Exodus 14:14, 14, 14, which says, The Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. <laughs> I enjoy this verse because I've always felt as though for my life to go well. I need to be in control of it. But this verse expresses that we don't need to be in control because the Lord will be with us. I decided to be baptized today because I want to obey what God has commanded us to do. And I now have the desire to do so. Baptism was something I very much feared and it took a lot of courage to first tell Kevin I wanted to be baptized and second to step up here today and do it. I wrongly believed that I had to work on sins in my life and grow for Christ to be baptized, but I also ultimately saw that those were Satan's lies and that if I continued to wait, I would never feel ready enough. I pushed through, and now I'm here, obeying the Lord, expressing how he's changed me and taking the next step in my faith. Thank you.
9: Good morning, everyone. My name is Noah Strickland. I've been attending West Highland for roughly three years. I have been a Christian for about 10 years, and um, when we were living in Kampala, Uganda, my parents taught me about Jesus and that I needed to make a personal decision to follow him. I remember lying in bed one night when I was five and praying to ask Jesus into my heart. And uh, as much as I would love to tell you what my life was like before I accepted Jesus, uh, I can't really because I don't remember. For my growth as a Christian, I know that reading the Bible is something that is important and I enjoy doing, but I do struggle with consistency, and praying is an important part of my faith, both with family at mealtimes as well as personally before I go to bed. Our family spent two years living in Uganda and when, I, when I was five and six years old. After we returned home from Uganda, we moved back to Guelph, when, where our family was a part of Calvary Baptist Church. At Calvary, I would volunteer in a toddler room as well as help out at a summer camp. I enjoy working with kids as I feel that is one of the ways God has gifted me to serve him and the church. In 2019, our family moved from Guelph to Hamilton when my dad was called to be the pastor of discipleship here at West Highland. At first, I was not happy that we moved from Guelph. It was hard to leave Guelph because I had close friends. But after living in Hamilton for about a year, I really began to fall in love with the city. And God has provided me with great friends here at the church and now I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. My 3 years in Hamilton, my 3 years in Hamilton have not always been easy. After only 7 months of living here, COVID came and shut everything down, which was hard. Then in December of 2020, I lost my brother Jude, who was only 2 years younger than me. For all of Jude's life, we had shared a room together, whether it was in Guelph, Uganda, or here in Hamilton. He was not just my brother but my best friend. But losing my brother Jude didn't shake my faith. If anything, it strengthened my faith. I feel like what really strengthened my faith was how I saw people from all over Ontario and all over Canada supporting us and praying for us. It was amazing to see the family of God come around us at our lowest point. It demonstrated to me that our shared faith in Christ is real and not just something we do on Sunday morning. At this point in my faith journey, I continue to, I continue to enjoy serving God by working with Star Kids with the Toddlers, Kids Club on Tuesday nights, and in our summer camp ministry. I also have a lot of fun with friends at uh, youth on Wednesday nights. Engaging with God in his word is something I want to continue to grow in as well as my prayer life. My favorite verses are 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 5, which says, "I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke and exhort with" complete patience, teaching, and for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teachings, but have itching ears that will accumulate for themselves, te- for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This verse is meaningful to me because it reminds me that we need to share the gospel with those around me. I see people in today's culture have turned their ears from sound teaching, and I want to be someone who is teaching the truth of God, God's word for them. I'm choosing to be baptized today because when we had our outdoor baptism service this summer, I felt God putting it on my heart that I needed to take this next step in my faith. Thank you. (laughs)
10: <laughs> super nice today i'm so glad the heater worked today hasn't <laughs> always olivia i've known you since you were born and and good friends with your family your your parents just all your family and it's such a privilege to be here with you today but thinking about a verse that applies to you psalm 33 verse 1 says sing joyfully to the lord you righteous it is fitting for the upright to praise him i see you living out that verse You've got that from your mom, who's always up front like she was this morning, singing joyfully to the Lord, and you do that too, here and downstairs for youth. And I'm just so glad to know that the Lord is working in you, that you've not only accepted Christ years ago, but now you wanna follow him, serve him, and dedicate your life to him. And so, so proud of you. And it's because of your faith, and because that you have already accepted Christ as your savior, you wanna follow him, that it's our joy to baptize you now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit.
0: We thank you so much for sharing with us this morning your story. I remember just a few years ago, uh, baptizing your husband Justin here. So it's a real joy to see that you are following him in your faith in the Lord Jesus. We thank the Lord for his grace in your life, for the way he has changed you and given you assurance that you belong to him because you've testified so, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Caleb, just uh, earlier in the summer, you and I went for a walk. Your dad was there, and your brothers were there, or your brother was there, and we went fishing in a wonderful pond. And I think you caught more fish than I did in the pond. <laughs> but uh, as we were chatting during that time, uh, you talked to me about baptism then, as you had on a previous occasion. And I put some tough questions to you at that point. And your answers were very, very clear that you really are trusting the Lord and you believe in Him with all of your heart. So we thank you for sharing with us today. And we want to obey the Lord's command along with you today because you have testified that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord. And we baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
11: It seems that every time there's a teen that gets baptized, I just have a bunch of thank yous. So I just want to say those real quick. Um, thank you to your parents who did a hidden work of prayer, praying for Eden. Thank you for your grandparents who would have prayed for you. Thank you for your siblings who probably answered every inquisitive question that you had. Um, you were raised with Owen and, and Hope, so you should be fine. Um, thank you to every Star Kids volunteer who probably had to settle down Eden's wildness and energy. Just want to say thank you. Thank you for the youth leaders now and those who have come before who have to somehow boy-crazy Eden. Now help her and guide her. So and I just want to thank you too to Camp Ministries, the influencer, MBC, your friends are here. Thank you for all the relationships that have changed your life. It takes a village to raise a child. Eden, because of your confession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
9: still taller. <laughs> Pretty close. We measured side by side yeah. <laughs> a few minutes ago, but I wasn't wearing shoes and he was. He was saying he was taller. But uh, wow, this is a, a very proud moment for me to be in, uh, in the baptismal tank with uh, my son Noah. Um, yeah, we have gone through a lot as, as he shared, but I've seen him grow in his faith. Um, when we lost Jude, I was afraid that my boys would uh, be angry with God but I've seen Noah really grow and go from strength to strength. And, and uh, yeah, I'm truly honored. This is one of the proudest moments of my life. So Noah, in light of your testimony, you've confessed Christ as your savior. It's my pleasure now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: The Lord has given us some wonderful gifts, hasn't he? As we worship today, we realize, of course, that the greatest gift of all is Christ, whom God gave for us. Another gift is this word, the Bible. God has chosen to give us a written revelation. And how often have we been helped, amen? By just simply reading God's word. And in this word, we are told that God has given to us, I like to call them visual aids, two visual aids, sometimes called sacraments or ordinances. And we observe both of these sacraments today. Baptism, someone goes under the water, comes up out of the water, but not just a dip in the water. It's more than that. It's what the dip in the water signifies. The dying of the old life, dying with Christ, coming and rising to newness of life. And we, we understand from the book of Ephesians that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God made us alive through Christ. Do you remember the day? I remember the day yesterday. After our leadership retreat, I was able. It was, we were in the Wayne Fleet area, and I was able to drop by the home of the first guy that I led to Christ 50 years ago in early October, and both of us were baptized 50 years ago on this Sunday. And I was just able to see him again and rejoice with him about that day when I turned from my sin and embrace Christ and then had the joy of telling him and seeing the same thing happen to him. Baptism, what a wonderful, wonderful visual aid for us. Friends, you have heard the good news of the gospel today in your eyes by seeing what we have witnessed today. And then this second visual aid, a cup and bread to remind us of what we just sang today. The blood of Jesus applied to our hearts, the body of Christ, and we know Peter tells us that in his body he bore our sins on the cross. And so if you know the Lord and you have experienced this, if you have been been raised to life through Christ, then we invite you to come and participate participate with us as we eat at the Lord's table today. I I had prepared a number of thoughts that I wanted to share with you, but actually at the 9 o'clock service, Pastor Jamie said uh, something so, so well. It was very succinct. It was short, but it it was bang on, and I just simply want to share what he shared. He said this. He said, we come to the table, the Lord's table. We don't bring anything to it. You get it? We come to the Lord's table. We don't bring anything. We have nothing to bring to this table, nothing at all. We are poverty-stricken in our sin. But when we come to the table, we have the emblems of what Jesus Christ did for us. And so we eat and we drink to the glory of God, knowing that he has saved us, loosed us from our sins by his own blood. We're going to put on the screen now a reading, and I... Uh, Pastor Jamie introduced this to me last, last week, and it asks this question, what right do we have to come to the table of the Lord Jesus since we have nothing to bring? So if you would allow me to read my part and you would follow on the part that says people. What right do we have to dine at the table of Jesus? We have every right to dine at his table. What gives us this right We have this right because Jesus came, not for the strong, but for the weak, not for the righteous, but for sinners, not for the self-sufficient, but for those who know they need rescue. To all who are weary and need rest, to all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who feel worthless and wonder if God even cares, To all who are weak and frail and desire strength, to all who sin and need a savior, Jesus welcomes into his circle, adopts into his family, and reserves a place at his table. For he is the mighty friend of sinners, the ally of his enemies, the defender of the indefensible, and the justifier of those who have no excuses left. Let's bow our heads in prayer. This is your opportunity just to bring your own heart before the Lord in silent prayer of confession, of adoration, of thanksgiving for Christ's death for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have not only taken away our sin, those of us who believe in you, but you have also given to us your very righteousness. We stand before our Holy Father today, not with a righteousness that is our own, but the righteousness that comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we are accepted accepted by God, because we are in the beloved Son, Jesus. We thank you that you have raised us to life, given us new birth. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the gift of your spirit. We thank you for every special and precious gift, the gift even of eternal life that you purchased for us through your death on the cross. And Lord, as we eat now and drink from this bread, eat this bread and drink from this cup, we do so in remembrance of you and what you have done for us, and we give you our our heart's praise, for you are such a great Savior. Amen. A psalm that, uh, that many of us know and love, perhaps a favorite psalm for many of us, is Psalm 23 where King David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I will lack no good thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me. He leads me beside still waters. And that line, he leads me beside still waters, reminds us of an incredible truth that God is actively involved in each of our lives. And every day, he's leading us. Do you believe that? It's a wonderful truth. God leads us all in different ways but He does lead us on the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. A wonderful truth in God's Word, again said by King David in Psalm 57, is that the Lord fulfills His purposes for me. We know God has a big purpose for the whole world and a purpose for His church, but He has an individual purpose for all of us within His larger will. And so with those thoughts in mind that God leads us, and that God fulfills his purpose for us, I'm gonna ask Lee and Cheryl to share with us now.
10: I have a letter to read this morning, which is a difficult thing to do. When I speak to you week after week, I like making eye contact, because it somehow feels like it's more from my heart. But I've written a letter and the letter is from my heart, and I wanna read it this morning. In God's good providence, he has given Cheryl and I and our family 21 years of blessed ministry here at this church. And in God's good providence, he has set in motion our calling to a different ministry in another city. As the years ticked by, I wondered if the Lord would ever have us leave. We've been here over two decades. And I wondered whether he would have us retire from this very spot. Our ministry and friendship roots have gone so deep here. And after two decades, how can we adequately do justice to all the memories, the emotions, the joys, the sorrows of life and ministry with you? Because of such a long time in one city and one church, part of our hearts will always remain here. We have walked with you through a number of deep tragedies, weeping together. We have celebrated so many milestones with you as a church, 30th anniversary, 40th anniversary, 50th anniversary. We were five years old when we came here on your 30th anniversary. (laughs) Not quite. Birthdays, anniversaries, retirements, many weddings, many funerals. But what a joy to sing God's praise week in and week out through the worship teams and choir. To see instrumental music flourish through the worship teams, the orchestra, the academy music. To tell the stories of Jesus through drama, building sets, directing, helping behind the scenes to develop our tech ministries and the teams that run them, to produce many physical and online music recordings, to walk one-on-one with so many in discipleship, to share leadership in community groups, to teach and preach God's word, to dig in the garden sometimes even, to foster worship through the arts, to pour into dozens of student interns, seeing several move on to full-time vocational ministry over the years. To share our home with folks, including a family of Ukrainians not too long ago. To see many church kids grow up here and serve the Lord. To usher many faithful brothers and sisters into glory. And to watch our own children, Sierra, Kyle, and Carter, uh, accept Christ here and be baptized here. And even to grow in serving the Lord even now. Sierra and Will were married here just a few months ago. Our first son, stillborn in 2002, is buried in Mount Hamilton Cemetery. Yes, our Hamilton roots grow deep. Over the past few years, Cheryl and I have had a number of conversations wondering if the church needs a new voice, someone to speak differently and new before you, and to take what we have started and to lead you forward. And all along, I have so gladly served here alongside all of you. And yet, over the past few months, God has been stirring something in my heart. And I wanna tell you, after much prayer, and soul searching, and tears, and sleepless nights, it is certain, and asking God for absolute certainty of his will, it is now clear that he is moving us on. You know, Philippians 4, it was referenced earlier today, Philippians 4 has become so meaningful to me Because Philippians 4 is all about prayer as we take our worries and our anxieties and come before the Lord and lay them at his feet. And Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends is beyond all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I can tell you a few months ago as we began this process, there was no peace and we were so stirred up, and we prayed this prayer. And I can tell you now that the Lord has answered very directly and very personally, giving us the peace of God. I feel like the Apostle Paul, Paul, who wrote, a great door of effective work has opened, and so he moved on. And the Emmanuel Baptist Church in Barrie has asked me to come and serve on the pastoral team, and we have accepted that call. Although Cheryl and I are terribly sad to leave, we are comforted, comforted in knowing several things. First of all, you remain in the hands of the Lord. It's his church. The ministry team and support staff here are second to none. You have been a passionate and caring group of pastors. You have, sorry, you have a passionate and caring group of pastors, elders, deacons, who care and provide stability and vision. Second, the music ministries of West Highland have never been stronger. Many worship leaders are here now who can provide stability and ongoing ministry until such time as a worship pastor is found and hired. We can leave on a high note, pun intended. (laughs) Things are going well and we are so thankful. Third, the friendships that we have been blessed with here will continue because they are gospel friendships, deeply rooted in eternity and we're so thankful. Fourth, I want to say, biblically so, he who began a work in you and us will be faithful to complete it. To the worship choir members, we're not done yet. Cheryl and I look forward to a number of weeks still singing with you and leading before the church, and so we will see you on Wednesday. (laughs) To the worship team folks, the backbone of the church's weekly worship, God bless you as you continue to lead musical praise. To the drama team and cast, I regret to leave in the midst of this massive production that we are prepared for, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. This play was in the works well before this stirred in us. And uh, you will be great. The Lord will help you, and we look forward to seeing how this turns out next spring. To the Academy of Music staff and students, there is excellent strength in this program. Keep going. To all my tech friends, uh, I would really miss working with all of you regularly. You know who you are, but you're in good hands with Ken Robinson. To Pastor Jamie and Chris and our present and past community group friends, this is a sad parting because literally last Sunday we started a new group in our home. But we'll see you tonight in our home as we carry on and see where the Lord leads. To Pastor John and the entire staff, Our comrades in arms, our friends in ministry, and to you, our church family, we want to say thank you. It is a comfort to know that we are leaving a healthy church and are not running from anything, escaping from anything, no grievances or problems. With thankfulness, we close a beautiful chapter in our lives and open a new one. At this point, because of life stages, our our kids will remain connected to Hamilton and here. Sierra and Will live here and work here. Kyle plans to come back here to Mohawk College next year. And Carter is finishing his last year of high school. And so would you pray for us as we navigate those difficulties of being separated from home and separated from our kids? We anticipate continuing with you right through Christmas until January 8th as a Farewell Sunday. And so I ask again, pray. As we pray for you and we do all the time, Pray that the Lord will be gracious and help this transition for both sides, and we thank you and God bless you.
0: sure you can appreciate that this was uh, very hard on Lee and Cheryl because this is the second time this morning they've had to do, the, do, do this, and their request to the people at 9 o'clock was that no one would say anything because uh, Lee and Cheryl wanted you to hear directly from them today. So we thank all who were at 9 o'clock who, who, who remained silent and deceived you as to what was going on. Um, we're going to ask Lee and Cheryl just to slip out of the auditorium at this point in time uh, so they can have a moment uh, by, by themselves. You will have opportunity to speak with them, of course. As he said, uh, they will not be leaving until January the 8th, and we'll be planning a special uh, service on that day, a farewell service for them. And we hope that you can all be here uh, and uh, participate in that with us and them. I know that this was quite a blow for many of you to uh, receive this morning. I could see it with uh, many wiping tears from our eyes, and uh, it was was a hard blow for for me to hear this a couple of weeks back, and then for the ministry team earlier last week, and then for our elders on Friday evening as we were at a leadership retreat, and Lee uh, shared this news uh, with us then. I think we want to leave you with this thought today before Phil, the chair of our elders, closes our time in prayer, praying for the Bakers and for us. Just to leave you with this thought, that as we heard their story and we had opportunity to interact with Lee, and, Lee and, and hear even more of it, there's no doubt in our minds that God is leading them. And so as hard as that is for us, um, we commend them, that they have been responsive to the call of God the Holy Spirit in leading them to a new place to serve Him. So Phil, if you would pray. At this time. Thank you.
12: Father, we've been in your house. We've been able to be reminded about what our Savior did around the table. It was good. We were reminded of lives transformed through the symbolism of baptism, and it was good. Thank you, Lord, for that. But our hearts are heavy. Our hearts are heavy hearing this news from our brother and sister, who we love so dearly, and have served so faithfully, so capably, who've served you, Lord, and have served us at West Island. God, we've looked back over this 50th anniversary year, and we've seen your blessing at West Island, and we've rejoiced in your blessing, and we can't help but remember 21 years ago, you blessed us with the Brewbakers, and uh, Lord, I just want to pray your richest blessing on them as they go out and they continue whatever journey you've got them on. Lord, I know that they are just so sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and this is from you. And if it's from you, Lord, then you will bless them, and you will bless us. So, Lord, we ask for your blessing here at West Highland as well. As we go on to this next stage, it's a difficult transition, certainly, Lord. Lord, it's easy to bless your name in the good times. In the times of blessing. But it's harder in the times of sadness and sorrow. And yet, we bless your name. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name for what you've done here. For what you will continue to do. We pray your blessing on the brew bakers. We pray your blessing on West Highland. And all of God's people said, and I know it's hard, but all of God's people said, amen.